Let's join the worship center at Life Church, where the service is already in progress. But worship doesn't necessarily have to involve music. You know, we talked about last week how God wants us to have a lifestyle of worship, more than just singing and on Sunday morning. He wants it to be an everyday lifestyle. And so today, what I want us to talk about for the next few minutes is 10 ways that we can worship without music. We don't necessarily have to have music to worship God because remember, worship is a lifestyle. And basically what we're talking about in these 10 ways to worship without music is how to live a life of worship, how to live a life of praise to God. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Those who were talking about earlier, you might think that you might not be the best singer in the land. The Bible didn't say that you had to be a Grammy award-winning artist. He said, make a joyful noise. And so, um, if, if you've been wondering or, you know, should I be singing out loud? Nobody's gonna want to hear me sing. I don't, I don't sing on key. Well, the Bible just says, make a joyful noise. Okay. So make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know and perceive and recognize and understand that He, the, it, that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Let's not get started back on sheep again this week. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And a thank offering. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say to him. Bless and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. And his faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. Now I want to read it to you in the message Bible. It says, on your feet now. Applaud the Lord. Bring a gift of laughter and sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God. And God, he's God. He made us, we didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with a password of thank you. Make yourself at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal. Always and forever. God wants us praising Him. He wants us living a lifestyle of worship. Not just Sunday morning worship, but everyday worship. When we leave this place this morning and go out um, to our homes and our jobs, worshiping the Lord. When we get up in the morning, getting up with an offering of praise and thanksgiving. So how do we live that lifestyle of worship? How do we constantly enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise? How do we bless him always? How do we make the Lord look good? How do we make him happy? We live a lifestyle of worship. So what does a lifestyle of worship look like? Well, worship and prayer go together. You know that we've talked a lot about that here. Worship and prayer go together. It's not just singing songs of praise. It's praying and communicating with God. Because that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. It's 
fellowship with Him. It's talking with Him and listening to Him. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you know that they're just plotting the next word that's about to fly out of their mouth? You're trying to talk to them and you're trying to communicate with them and you can see their wheels turning about what they're going to say next. They're not paying a lick of attention to you. They're thinking about what they want to say. Many times we do that with God. When we come into God's presence and we communicate with Him and, and you know, we're, we're sitting here and we're trying to listen to God, but at the same time we're thinking about the next thing we need to say or next thing we need God to do. I encourage you to slow down in your communication with God. To wait on the Lord. The Bible speaks often about waiting on God. His time is not our time. He operates on a different schedule. As hard as you try, there will be some people that you won't ever get to get on your schedule. I don't know about you, but I like a schedule. I like a plan. I like to know what's coming next, when it's coming, and how it's coming. But people normally don't operate that way. There's a lot of people that don't. And you will live your life frustrated trying to put people into your schedule and get them all going in your direction. We need to quit putting God on our schedule and trying to get Him to go in our direction. And we need to get on God's schedule and start going on His direction. Our life will go a lot smoother if we line up our life with Him instead of trying to make Him fit in with us. So we worship God through prayer. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. Jesus was talking about prayer. And He taught His disciples how to pray in this passage. He said, when you pray, notice He didn't say, if you pray, on the off chance that it might be an option that you decide to pray. If you just even think about it. He said, when you pray. That tells us right there that Jesus expects us to pray. He expects us to have communication with Him. Those of you who are married, you cannot have a thriving marriage unless you talk to one another. Unless you communicate with one another. Unless you have fellowship with one another. That prayer, prayer with God, is communication and fellowship. We can't know someone unless we talk to them. Unless we desire and put effort into getting to know them. And prayer is putting effort in getting to know God. When you pray, don't be as the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. So what's the first thing that Jesus tells us about prayer? When you pray, don't do it to put on a show. Don't just stand out in the corner and say, Okay, everybody, I am going to pray. Look at me. I'm praying now. Don't put on a show. 
Be sincere about it. Remember we talked about last week um, in John, in the book of John, how Jesus said God is seeking for people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So when we pray, we do it truthfully. We don't do it to put on a show that we might be seen of men. For verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. Now, that doesn't mean that you got to go home and clear some space out of your clothes and get in there and say, okay, it's time to pray. But we don't do it for a show. We don't do it to be seen of men. We don't do it so people think that we look all holy and we have our halo on because, oh, I see them praying. They are such men and women of God. We pray because it's a genuine thing. It's a lifestyle. When you pray, enter to your closet. And when you shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. So what's he saying through all this? Don't pray for a show. Pray because you're serious about talking to me. Pray because you genuinely want to have fellowship with me. Don't pray just so people think you're holy. Pray because you really want to talk to me. Remember, we talked all last year about how we don't live out of obligation. We don't do things because we feel obligated to. God is looking for us to do things because we want to. Because we love Him. Because we desire to be in His presence. But when you pray, this is the third time that he said when you pray. Prayer is important. Don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Don't be like them. So what does he mean by don't use vain repetition? Well, some people think that this is the way you got to pray. Father God, I just love you, Father God. And Father God, I just believe, Father God, that right now, Father God, you will come, Father God, and meet me, Father God, and help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Father God, I praise you. Help me, Jesus. Father God, Father God. We don't have to just repeat the same thing over and over again. Why? Because the Father knows what we have need of before we ask Him. So we don't have to vain, you don't have to beg God. We present our request to Him. What did my dad always say? You make your request known to God and then you praise Him. You don't have to keep begging and begging and begging. You request, you make your request, you make your request known to God and then you thank Him for the answer. You pray and then you praise. Remember, prayer and praise work together. We don't have to say the same thing over and over and over again. God knows what we have need of before we ask Him. So we don't pray like we're trying to talk God into something. We make our request known to God and then we thank Him for the answer. We don't have to talk God into providing for us. He said, I shall supply all your needs. If you listen to me, And obey my commands, you'll eat the good of the land. 
Those are promises to His children. We don't have to talk God into it. We make our request known to God, and then we thank Him for the answer. We pray and we praise. We pray and we praise. After this manner pray ye. So then he's going to break down how our prayer should go. How does the lifestyle of prayer look? He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So the first thing Jesus starts with when he's praying is worship. Worshiping God. Thanking God for who he is. Praising God. Recognizing who God is and praising him. That's how he starts. Then he said, Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So what's he saying? He's recognizing who God is. He's praising Him. And then he's saying, God, not what I want, not what I think, not how I feel it should be, but what you want, your will, your way, your kingdom be done here in earth. So what's he doing? He's recognizing God for who he is. He's worshiping him. And then he's letting God know real quick, it's not about what I want. It's about what you want on the earth. Give us this day our daily bread. So before he makes any petitions to God, before he makes any requests to God for anything, he's praised He's recognized God for who He is. And He's realized that it's not about Him. It's about God. Give us this day our daily bread. So make your petitions known to God. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. What is that? Forgiveness. Jesus said Himself that if we don't forgive others, God can't forgive us. And so when we ask for forgiveness... We need to also forgive others. So it's talking about forgiveness here. Then it says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So he's worshipped and recognized God for who he is. He's let God know that it's not about him. He wants God's will done on the earth. Then he's made his petitions and requests known to God. He's asked for forgiveness. He's forgave others. And then he says, lead us not into temptation. So God, lead me, guide me. Let your Holy Spirit direct my path. This is the layout for prayer. If you're not quite sure how to pray to God, follow this format. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So guide me, guard me, show me where to go, show me what to say, show me what to do. And then he ends back with worship. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. Prayer begins and ends with worship. Prayer and worship are tied together. We live a lifestyle of worship through our prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. Pray in the Spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of Of all the saints. God's consecrated people. So we should be praying at all times. 
We should be in communication with all uh, God, with God at all times, with every manner of prayer. And keep alert and watch. And not only should we be in an attitude of prayer, but we should intercede for others. Paul said, Lord, help me not sin in that I forget to pray for my brethren. God wants us interceding for others. If our prayer is only about what we need and what we have and what we can do, our prayer, our prayers are very selfish. We need to be interceding for others, bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. So a lifestyle of worship through prayer A lifestyle of worship by getting in the habit of reading the Word of God. Reading the Bible is important. It's important to have daily connection with the Word of God. Daily connection with His Word. Daily connection with God through prayer. Daily connection with His Word through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 14-17 says, But as for you... Continue to hold on to the things that you have learned and of which you are convinced, knowing from whom you learned them and how from your childhood you've acknowledged, uh, you've had knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you and give you understanding for salvation, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Every scripture is God-breathed given by His inspiration. And every scripture is profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought and purpose and action. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you don't feel like you're thoroughly equipped for what you are needing to do, get in His Word. Scripture is good for equipping. Scripture is good for for teaching. Scripture is good for showing us how to live to make God look good. How to walk in righteousness. How to obey His commands. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of law, The word of God shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do all according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So how do I have good success in life? I get the word of God on the inside of me. I meditate on it day and night. I observe and do what's written in it. 1 Peter 2, 1-3 through 3. So be done with every trace of wickedness and all deceit and insecurity and grudges and slander and evil speaking of every kind. Like newborn babes, you should crave and thirst for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation, since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. God wants us to desire His Word, to want His Word, to want to learn more about His Word so we can grow. 
The next way that we live a lifestyle of worship is through obedience to God. Psalm, and this is probably the most important one. Obeying God. Doing what He says. Living to make Him look good. Psalm 119, 9-11 How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word and conforming his life to the word. With my whole heart I have sought you, inquiring for and of you and yearning for you. Oh, let me not wonder or step aside in either in ignorance or willfully from your commands. Your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how shall we get clean? How shall we get on the right track? How shall we get on the path of living to make God look good? By taking heed and keeping watch according to the word. Again, lining our life up with the word of God. That's why it's so important that we know the word. Because if we don't know the word, we can't do the word. God wants us to know and do His Word. John fourteen fifteen. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. If we really have true, genuine love for God, we will obey Him. We will do what the Word says. We will line our life up by the Word. 1 John 5, 1 through 4. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is a born-again child of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. By this we come to know and recognize and understand that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey His commandments, His orders, His charges, when we keep His ordinances and are mindful of His precepts and His teaching. For the true love of God is this, that we do His command, keep His His precepts and His teachings, and these orders of His are not irksome or burdensome or oppressive or grievous. For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. So how do we know if we really love God? How do we know If we have that genuine, worshipful relationship with Him. Well, this verse of Scripture tells us if we really love God, we will keep His commands. We will do what He says. And we won't find it a burden to do so. Those of you with children, aren't you just glad when they do what you ask without putting up resistance? I mean, it's, it's a joyous occasion. When you can ask them to clean their room and they're like, okay, daddy, and just haul off and do it. Some of you might say that would be a miracle from the Lord Jesus himself. We hate when we ask our children to do something and they're like, oh, do I have to? Oh, I'm so tired. I just want to watch this movie just a little bit longer. Can't we do it later? I just don't feel like doing this right now. (sighs) 
But they know the consequences, so they get up and do it anyway. But you can tell that they don't want to be there at all. Attitude makes all the difference. When God asks us to do something, He doesn't like it when we're like, Oh, i got to read my Bible. I'm so tired. Oh, I just want to go to sleep. Maybe I'll read it tomorrow. But the Bible says i got to read the thing. So i got to get my time in with Jesus. Oh, you mean I gotta, I gotta give to people? I gotta be a giver. I just really don't feel like giving today. I don't feel like being nice to anybody. I don't feel like being kind to anybody. I just wanna go back to bed and forget this day ever happened. Or this attitude. I can't wait to read my Bible today. Man, I know that God has something for me in here. And He's going to show me areas where I can fix uh, some things that I know are wrong in my life. And man, I, I get the opportunity to worship Him today. He's my Creator. And, and I just love Him so much. And you know, God, how's your day going? You know, what what's on your mind today? And you know, just... Ah, I get to give to this person. Man, they're in need and I can help them out. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna get a group of my friends together and man, we're gonna bless the socks off of this person. What a difference our attitude makes. God doesn't want us to look at His commands as something we have to do or we'll go to hell. He wants us to look at Him as something that we get to do because we love Him. And we want to live to make Him look good. And we want to do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Psalm 119, 29-35 Remove from me the way of falsehood and unfaithfulness to you. And graciously impart your law to me. I have chosen the way of truth and faithfulness. Your ordinances have I set before me. I cleave to your testimonies. O oh Lord, put me not to shame. I will not merely walk, but I will run the way of your commandments. When you give me a willing, a heart that is willing, teach me, O oh Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep them to the end steadfastly. Give me understanding that I may keep your law. Yes, I will observe it with my whole heart. Make me go in the path of your commandments, for in them do I delight. David had the right idea about the commands of God. They weren't irksome or grievous. They weren't something that he felt obligated to do. They were something that he desired to do because he loved God. Deuteronomy 6.18 You will diligently keep the commands of the Lord your God and His exhortations and His statutes which He commanded you. And you will do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may go well with you and you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. So simply obey God. We live a lifestyle of worship when we simply obey God. A lifestyle of worship also comes with being a giver, and we touched on that a minute ago. Deuteronomy 15.10, You will give him freely without begrudging it. Because of this, the Lord will bless you in all your work and in all you undertake. 
So again, again, when we give, be happy about it. Don't give if you're going to feel bad that you gave. Be a giver, a cheerful giver. Don't do it out of obligation. Do it because you want to. Deuteronomy sixteen seventeen. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of God, which he has given you. Look at Proverbs twenty one twenty six. He covets greedily all the day long, but the uncompromisingly righteous gives and does not withhold. God is looking for cheerful givers. People who are excited about blessing others and giving to Him. 1 Chronicles 29, 9-13 Then the people rejoiced because these had given willingly. For with a whole and blameless heart they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly and said, Be praised and adored and thanked, O Lord, the God of Israel, our forefather, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. Yours is the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and yours it is to be exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hands are power and might. In your hands it is to make great and give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name and those attributes that make that that name denotes. So they gave and they praised. They gave and they praised. They gave and they praised. A lifestyle of worship is being a giver. Second Corinthians nine six through eight. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Let everyone give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under a compulsion. For God loves, takes pleasure in, and prizes above other things a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-it giver whose heart is in his giving. And God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance so that you may always, under all circumstances, and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. God is looking for us to be cheerful givers. He is wanting us to give cheerfully. The next thing in a lifestyle of worship is building deep relationships with other Christians. 
having that community that we talked about the other week. Where we love God and we want to serve Him and we want to do good to those around us. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore encourage and admonish and exhort one another and edify and strengthen and build up one another just as you were doing. So God is calling us to be a force of encouragement to other believers. To encourage one another. To build one another up. To teach one another. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one. Because they have good and more satisfying reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone, and when he falls, has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, then they have warmth. But how can one be warm alone? And though the man prevail against him who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. God wants us to have community. He wants us to have fellowship with one another. He desires that. We can't go this alone. We can't go this alone. Have you ever noticed when you're trying to work that if you're working by yourself, it's kind of hard to get motivated? But if you have a buddy coming alongside you and helping you, the work seems like it moves faster. It seems like it's easier. It seems like things get done more quickly and you have encouragement along the way. That's what we should be in the body of Christ. Encouragement along the way. Building one another up. Helping each other. Working with one another. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. God wants us to have that community. We honor God and we show worship to Him when we have that community of fellow believers, when we gather together with one another in worship and praise to Him. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we're really living and walking in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses and removes from us all of our sin and guilt and keeps us clean from sin and its forms and manifestations. If we're really walking with Christ, if we're really living to make Him look good, if we're really in fellowship with God and true worship with Him, then we will be in fellowship with one another. Romans 1, 11 through 12 For I'm yearning to see you that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and to establish you. That is, that we may be mutually strengthened and encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. We need each other. We need community. We need fellowship. We need to be there for one another, to strengthen one another, to speak life into one another. That is what we are called to do. We are called to honor God, to worship Him, to fellowship with Him. And one way that we honor God is by building one another up. 
The next way that we live a lifestyle of worship is by simply sharing our faith. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you all the days to the very end of the age. Amen. God has called us to share our faith. We live a lifestyle of worship and honor and praise to God when we share our faith with others. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge Him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. But do it courteously and respectfully. Always be ready to give a defense for what you believe. And the only way that you'll be able to give that defense is if you get God's word on your heart. In in your heart. Because not all the good things that we've heard growing up are from the Bible. We talked about this the other week. Cleanliness is next to godliness is not found in the Bible. It's a good idea to be clean, but you know there's not a scripture that says those words exactly. God wants us to know His Word, do His Word, and be ready to tell others why we believe what we believe and share our faith. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Herald and preach the Word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, and be ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them rebuking and correcting, warning and urging, and encouraging them being unflagging and inexhaustible in patient patience and in teaching. God wants us to be on standby, ready to share with others our faith, ready to teach the Word, ready to tell others why we believe what we believe. The next way we live a lifestyle of worship is by service to others. 1 Peter 4.10 As you have received a gift, a spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as benefits, good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. As each of you has received a gift or a particular talent, use that for the benefits of one another. Whatever God has given you the ability to do, use it to benefit one another. Use it to help somebody. Whatever God gives you, use what He gives to help another. Galatians five thirteen through 14 For you, brethren, are indeed called to freedom. Only don't let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh, an opportunity or an excuse for selfishness. But through love you should serve one another. For the whole law is compiled with one precept. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. God is calling us to love and serve one another. 
We worship God. We make Him look good. We honor Him when we serve others. 1 John 3.18 Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. So, what's this verse of Scripture saying to us? That old saying, don't talk about it, be about it. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't just say we're going to love and serve one another, but really do it. Don't just say we're going to obey the commands of God, but really do it. The next way we honor God with a lifestyle of worship is build an attitude of thankfulness. Have you ever met somebody that has negative to say about everything? They cannot find one solid good thing ever to say. Every single thing is a complaint. Every single thing is something that's wrong or something that's bad or something that needs to be changed. What do we do with these kind of people? We run from them. God wants us to have a lifestyle of thankfulness, an attitude of thankfulness. So in everything we do, we are thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. So in every single thing, whether it's going your way or not going your way, be thankful. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has delivered from the hand of the adversary. So we should be giving thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he is good. A lifestyle of thankfulness. The next way that we have a lifestyle of worship is being fully committed to God. Being all in. Not holding any single thing back from God. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody and you felt like there was a wall between you? And you felt like it you were just so distant from them and something was keeping you from feeling that closeness? That happens when we're not fully committed. That happens when we're not all in. That happens when we're too scared to put both feet in. And so we hold back because we're concerned about what might happen if we fully trust the other person. God wants us to be fully committed to Him. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. He doesn't want us to build walls of mistrust between us and Him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So then, whether you eat or you drink, whatever you may do, do all for the honor and glory of God. Be all in. Every single thing that you do, be all in. Be mindful of what you're doing. Be mindful of your relationship with Him. Be mindful of God in everything that you do. And living a lifestyle of worship is living a life of purpose. 
and living to make him look good. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the work of your own hands. The Lord will perfect what concerns you. You don't have to be worried or concerned about it. The Lord will perfect what concerns you. If you are living to make Him look good. If you are all in with a lifestyle of worship. He's longing for that. He's longing for a lifestyle of worship and praise. He's longing for us not to just have a Sunday morning worship experience. But to have an everyday life worshiping and praising God. Let's stand. God, we thank you. God, I pray that you would help us. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1004. That's P.O. Box 1004, Monticello, Arkansas, 71657. Or you can email us at lci.monticello at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also check out our website. It's www.getlife.co. That's www.getlife.co. There you can find Pastor Kelly and Pastor Josh's sermon notes, and you can see what's going on all through the week at Life Church. We would love to have you in one of our services with us. Join us Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for our worship service. Pastor Kelly ministers, and it's a great time in the presence of God. Or you can join us for Digging Deep on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pastor Josh digs into the Word of God, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament, and giving us a fresh biblical perspective from God's point of view. We hope that you have a great week this week. Remember, go live to make God look good. God bless you till we're with you again.